high school principals are you know absolutely overworked <laughs> they have their they have a ton of responsibilities we did not want to um, in any way uh, make their lives more inconvenient welcome to the why you ideas podcast where values-based education meets today's challenges and opportunities with your host rabbi dr stuart halpin today's guest is assistant professor of political science dr matthew Incantalupo. It seems like every day in the news now, there's um, yet another story about a failing bank or the economy being slow. You're taking a fascinating look into the economies of cities and how uh, citizens of those cities consider the finances of the places that they live. Tell us a little bit about that project. Sure. Thanks for asking. Uh, Cities care a lot about their financial health, about their credit ratings, um, to the point that it really influences their policy decisions. So as a great example of this, in the early days of COVID, when businesses, restaurants were closing, no one really knew uh, what was going on, a lot of American cities didn't tap into their rainy day funds that they have set aside for serious issues like this because they were afraid of, you know, looking like they spend too much money in front of in front of credit ratings agencies. So it may have actually, you know, promoted some economic difficulties in the early days of the pandemic. Um, So cities care a lot about their credit ratings, but we have no idea if voters um, who vote in these cities think about this stuff at all. Um, So with a a couple of co-authors, Carolyn Abbott at Baruch and Akhil Singla at um, Arizona State, um, we have been doing a combination of of an experiment and some observational work to try to understand if voters even think about cities' credit ratings. And what have you discovered so far? So far, we find that credit rating does matter. Um, you know, this is still preliminary uh, work, but in both experimental and observational studies, we notice that incumbents do better when their cities receive credit rating upgrades and are punished by voters when uh, their city's credit ratings are, are downgraded. Um, and with our experiment, we actually can... Um, show that the effect of this is is similar to the effect of an increase or a decrease in crime, which is typically seen as a really highly salient, uh, important issue in urban politics. And so if a city is, for example, going bankrupt, how does that affect the day-to-day life of of citizens? I'm glad you asked. It becomes much more expensive for cities to borrow money and provide essential public services. Um, City bankruptcies are fairly rare. There have only been a handful in the past 20 years, but they are hugely salient. Um, often, if a city experiences bankruptcy, we see um, local government just clean house. Um, you know, many of the incumbents, uh, you know, either step down or are voted out of office and are almost entirely replaced. And uh, to transition from educating about city finances to educating about education uh, policies, what are, what have you discovered lately about uh, uh, your stu- within your studies? of uh, education policy. Yeah, so I have a series of projects with Zachary Oberfield um, at Haverford College. Um, and he's really interested in educational bureaucracy. I'm really interested in experiments and, and inequality. So this started with us doing an experiment together where we contacted 3,000 high school principals uh, posing as the mother of a student who would be moving to the area and looking for information about how to apply to the schools. But we randomly assigned some important pieces of information about the, the student and the mom. Um, one, we signaled the race of the student and the mom using names. Um, so they could get an email from um, either a white mother or, or a black mother. We also signaled some stuff about uh, the student's ability, whether they're kind of above grade level and, and you know maybe looking for some extra help. 
or below grade level and maybe needing you know to catch up a bit, um, or we didn't say anything about their their ability. And um, we found some really interesting results. Um, we did unfortunately find evidence of discrimination. Uh, high school principals were more willing to reply to um, putative white mothers uh, than to black mothers. Um, but this was only in the condition where we said nothing about the student's ability. Mm. Um, so it seems like maybe there's some you know automatic unconscious bias happening. Maybe there's some stereotyping going on in the absence of additional information. Um, but uh, when we provide more information, it seems that principals go into problem-solving mode. They think about how they're going to accommodate a student. Um, and that seems to do a good job mitigating any potential discrimination, uh, at least in, you know, in this educational setting. And this is public school? Uh... These, are all, these are all public schools, um, public, uh, traditional public schools and charter schools. And hmm. for what it's worth, we didn't see any differences between um, traditional public schools and charter schools, even hmm. though charter schools have a little more autonomy. Um, you know, they still, we didn't see it, an additional discrimination effect or anything like that. Hmm. And at some point, did you say, oh, by the way, just kidding. We're just uh, harmless poli-sci professors. We're, we're very concerned with the <laughs> ethics of this. We, we designed the, um, the email ask uh, in conjunction with a high school principal who's not in our experiment to be something that was minimally invasive. Mm. So uh, it, we made it read like a typical email mm. that a principal would get. And it was something that they could help us with in like two or three minutes mm. because we, we absolutely did not want to tie up, mm. uh, you know, thin resources already. They, high school principals are, you know, absolutely overworked. <laughs> they, have their, their, they have a ton of responsibilities. We did not want to um, in any way uh, make their lives more inconvenient. And is there something you found that's uh, affirming in terms of the, the willingness to engage with, uh, like you said, you know, amidst the, the, the busy, hectic day, being a, being a principal, it's engaged with, this, uh, with your prompt? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we still actually have the emails, and, and uh, one thing that we want to do is analyze them more. But of course, like, principals want to help. Right. Um, you know, the ones that did get back to us um, were, were immensely helpful, or they delegated to someone who could help. Um, it, it is really interesting. Um, you know, one thing that we learned in collecting all the data for this project is that um, you know, it would be nice if, if schools got a bit of help on their websites. Um, and, you know, in some school districts, it's really easy to see who the principal is. The website is so shiny and nice. Um, you know, whereas uh, in, in other um, typically lower income school districts, the websites, you know, have a lot of broken links. They're mm -hmm. not so, so appealing. So it would maybe be an interesting project to, um, you know, have students that have some kind of skills in, in website design um, work with school districts to just make it easier for parents to find to find information. That'd be like a really nice, you know, set of things to do going forward. And what, what inspires you personally to pursue these interests? Oh, man. Well, I realized recently that I've been studying political science for half my life at this point, so I, I, I must love it. <laughs> um, but, but thinking about uh, why I still do this, I got really lucky. In undergrad, I had a few professors take an interest in me, um, teach me that political science was, you know, an academic discipline, um, expose me to, like, real research in political science, tell me I should go to grad school, tell me I'd be good at it, and I have lasting relationships with these professors to date. So what motivates me is I'm trying to pay it forward. I'm trying to do for students now what was done for me now many years ago um, and, you know, find someone who is interested in political science but might not know it yet or, or has uh, the desire to study this stuff um, academically or scientifically but just needs a little bit of training. Um, you know, I, I was the first in my family to go to college. Wow. I did not know what a professor 
did. Wow. Right? I didn't know anything about research. And so the ability to find some of those students and, and you know, teach them and socialize them and, and open up new opportunities for them is really what I'm after. Well, we so appreciate you being both a, a passionate uh, political scientist and a, and a passionate educator in the greatest sense of the word. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks. This is fun. The Why You Ideas podcast is a production of the Office of the Provost of Yeshiva University and Uri Westridge. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to. We want to hear from our listeners. Write to us at shalpern at yu.edu. In the meantime, stay deeply rooted and forward-focused.